welcome to Live from Cyber Institute, and I have the pleasure to be Colorado Springs at the NCY. Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. Today's episode features a conversation between Ashley Langford, our online content manager in the Cyber Institute, and Dr. Jennifer Schroeder and Dr. Shannon Rains. Jennifer serves ACU as the Summit Director and the Director of the Center for Women and Christian Ministry, in addition to teaching in the Department of Bible Missions and Ministry. Shannon teaches in the Bible Departments at Lubbock Christian University, and she is the Program Coordinator for their new Graduate Certificate in Children's Ministry. And both of these women have long backgrounds in ministry as well. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Um, and similarly to Shannon, I have um, I was in full-time children's ministry for uh, about 17 years, and now am at ACU. Have been adjuncting in the children and family ministry area um, for the past five years, and moved full-time to ACU uh, in January. And so I'm teaching children and family ministry there, and working with the Cybert Institute um, with churches and Summit and all of all of those elements. Thank you, ladies. Um, Today, I'd love to hear from y'all some of the challenges that you think children's ministers are facing today. I know there's a lot, but just some of you, the top ones that her, um, really every children's minister is fighting. Okay. Um, Jennifer pointed at me, so I, you know, I, yeah, and we agree on so much. So, you know, everything that each of, each of us say, I know we're going to be saying yes, that too, Mm -hmm. um, but I always just start with understanding what children's ministry even is mm-hmm. and that it's about spiritual formation of children and not just education of children. Um, yeah, we want biblical literacy that's super important. It's super important for kids to know how to use their Bibles, to know the story of God. Um, but it's even more important for them to be spiritually formed in a way that they know what it means to be a disciple, one that walks with Jesus as closely as possible. And that becomes one of the biggest tensions that we face as children's ministers and churches. If we've been formed, And that vision of children's ministry and the rest of the church um, is still kind of more steeped in education ministry of children. Um, And so that creates some tensions. And and really, it's just kind of two different vocabularies. And it's kind of hard for a while to get everybody on the same page. It's, It's a leadership challenge for most children's ministers. Yeah, I would agree with every bit of that. And I won't take the easy way out and just say ditto and, and that be my answer. But I would agree with that completely. Um, there's often a disconnect um, that exists in um, imagining really a full picture of what children's ministry is. So one of the big challenges, I think, that we both see, um, that we both faced, I, I would say, in different in different times throughout our career, but also that we see our students facing is um, our churches not necessarily having that full picture of what children's ministry is. You know, yes, it is Sunday morning Bible class, but it's walking alongside families and parents in some of their most joyous and some of their most 
uh, sorrow-filled moments. It is helping our children develop spiritual practices and their families develop spiritual habits and practices that lead to a lifelong embedded faith. And so when um, when the children's minister is, is working um, to create this full picture and perhaps there's a disconnect, um, and I think you described it as attention, which I think is a great way to say it, um, between maybe perhaps the way leadership or the church as a whole sees children's ministry and and um, the vision, the, the theological foundation of children's ministry in the eye of the children's minister, that can lead to some challenging moments that have to be navigated. And part of the problem is we don't understand what it means to be a disciple ourselves as adults and as parents and sometimes as leaders. Um, we've, we've used some discipleship language like, you know, go <laughs> come to Jesus, be baptized, and and just keep doing what Jesus did. But it's it's more of a, that lifestyle. Like, how are we really immersing our life in the life of Christ and allowing that to shape us? And that's language that's foreign to most parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's foreign to a lot of the people in our pews. Uh, and so, if we're trying to say children's ministry is about discipleship and spiritual formation and that all in life, and the people that is most responsible for a child, their mom and dad, or those that they live with in the home, um, maybe are not comfortable with that language yet um of spiritual measure or maybe they're not really even disciples yet maybe they're believers but they haven't quite learned how to submit their life completely as much as possible to the way of jesus um we're not just educating the people teaching our kiddos we're not just educating the kiddos or helping spiritually form the kiddos it's about the parents it's about the leaders it's about the volunteers it's a whole church thing um, and then what happens a lot of times with children's ministries, we, we're seen as just the children's ministers. Those people over in the corner ministering to the kiddos that are not quite old enough to do anything important yet. And so here we have this, this large task in front of us that is about discipleship from birth to death. Um, but our voices tend to be limited to a children's classroom with a couple of volunteers. And, um, and so that does create a lot of frustration mm-hmm. for a lot of children's ministers and a lot of keep him back to attention because I talk to a lot of children's ministers that are hurting and struggling at times. And often it's because they've shaped their vision around something that maybe a lot of members of the church don't quite understand yet where they're coming from. And, and I both love hate that you brought in the word just because it is such an accurate um, lead in transition to this part of the conversation. And yet it is such an, a devaluing term that is often placed in front of children's ministry. You know, it's just the children or just the children's minister. And what we're communicating is a diminished capacity for being an active member of the kingdom of God. And our kids are not necessarily, I mean, yes, they are going to help drive the future of the church, but they're not the future of the church. They're the here and present now of the church. And we've got to start imagining the kingdom as a much fuller body of believers from from birth to death and and see the value that each and every individual brings into this space of of glorifying God and honoring God and walking in faith and developing faith and um I I realize I'm about to rabbit hole one area but it, that also then makes me um 
makes me think about the word reciprocity. And one of the things I talk with my students a lot about is it's a reciprocity between generations. It's not what are the older generations, the parents, the grandparents, the um, invested adults within the life of the faith community um, pouring into our children, but how are our children also shaping the adults within the community well. What can we learn from each other about what it means, mm-hmm. to come back to your word, to be a disciple, the disciple of Christ? I know how you feel about the word just. I set you up. <laughs> I do hate that word. <laughs> I do too. And it's funny because we find ourselves using it all the time, right? Yes. And if you listen to the conversations in the church, you hear that added often. And we even, as children's ministers, often diminish Uh, My NCYM brain's not working today Um, ourselves by adding that. Well, I'm just a children's minister at the church. He's a senior minister. He's the person that gets up to get to preach or he's the youth minister and he's out baptizing a whole bunch of teenagers or, and we tend to do that to ourselves too um, because we've kind of given our, well, I think we all have kind of a ladder in our mind of what, what does it look like to be a, a minister that's being very spiritually effective? You know, we used to go into elders meetings or missionaries would come to town or whatever. And the big question is, how many people did you baptize this year? How many people came to Christ? How much money was given? How much? Well, these are questions that don't really apply to people 12 and under as much. Um, but how are they following Christ? How are they being Christ in their schools? How are they making decisions that are different than maybe some peers would have made because they are uh, actively trying to live into the story of Jesus that we've been teaching them, that their parents are teaching them, that they're learning in this community of followers. Um, There's something else that you said I really wanted to comment on and now is totally gone. So I'm hoping it will come back. It'll come back. I'm sure. I was hoping that maybe you were setting me up and you were like, yeah, I set you up. and (laughs) (laughs) Well, and along with that, so, um, so, that, so kind of to go back to your very first question is, what are some of the challenges? Um, I think one of the challenges, and we've touched on this, so this isn't necessarily an aha moment, but I want to give you kind of a practical way that we, at my previous church, tried to address this. But it was, how do we get the whole church to recognize mm-hmm. the importance, the capacity, the capability, the place, the agency mm-hmm. that children have in the kingdom of God? How do we do that? Because in many churches... There's a narrative um, that unintentionally, but still does, um, kind of other children within the scope mm-hmm. of God's kingdom. Um, and, and I know all of the people at, at, at my previous churches, and none of them ever approached ministry or the work I did with an intent toward that. It just was kind of a natural byproduct. And so what we decided to do was kind of essentially flip the script. We created um, a series of videos, um, and they were entitled, Will You Walk With Me? And it was this back and forth of some days I will be this for you, and you will be this for me. And on other days, you will be this for me, and I will be this for you. And it was this this narrative of this child-adult relationship. Mm -hmm. And it kept coming back to this idea of, will you walk with me? It's not about what we're doing for our kids or to our kids. And those in the world of children's ministry are familiar with those prepositional to, for, with. Mm -hmm. It's how can we together grow in spiritual formation in our relationship with God. Yeah, I love that picture. We all often talk about being pilgrims on our journey together. You know, if you, it, my family likes to go to Colorado every year. And if, and it's my parents and, and us and then my kiddos. 
And if we're going up a mountain trail and we're hiking together, there's a bit of we're doing this together because there may be a bear around the corner or you may not know where you're going and you might get lost if you're not with us. Um, or you may need somebody's arm to hold on to when it's particularly steep. Or you might be me and trip over everything and like could break anything at any second. Um, or I'm going to call out my daughter. My daughter managed to do that on a hiking trip this summer um, with some friends. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you're on trail. Um, even if you have a map that kind of says this is what it should look like, you don't really know what's coming up. And it's like life. We have a map that kind of says this is what our life should look like. We all kind of enter into, you know, different aspects of our life. You know, I'm going to probably get married at this age and have this many kids and they're going to grow up and they're going to make all straight A's and be completely healthy. And, you know, you're already hearing all this stuff just between all three of us in this room that we're like, that's not exactly how mine ended up working out. You know, I thought that at one point, but that's not how it worked out. So that's what a journey looks like. A journey looks like I have some kind of picture that's probably going to be unrealistic in the end. And I need people with me that as different things pop up, um, we're helping each other. Sometimes we need our kids to help us see that's not as complicated as it looks mm -hmm. like, or that we just need to have some faith or that we can have resilience and continue to try whenever we just want to give up. But kiddos, it's just learned to walk, you know, in the last few years knows what it means, what it's like to continue to try to do something, you know, or learning to shoot baskets or swimming um, and getting to 200 yards instead of 25 yards. We don't always have that experience. It's easy for adults to quit, but our kids can speak into that really easily for us. So, yeah, I loved, I think I, I remember you sent me those videos when you made them. I love that back and forth of it. I think that um, kind of practically, also here's an idea mm -hmm. practically. Uh, go in on a Sunday morning, go into your church building, um, try to do that as someone that doesn't, I mean, it's, hard to, it's hard to suspend belief, right? It's hard to suspend, here's my life experiences, but try to name those life experiences, put them over in a box and say, okay, if I'm like just the average person off the street, that's really had no experience in a church that, um, don't really know what this children's ministry thing is or what it's like to live in community, walk in your church and see what it communicates to you. For example, when we did our research, I remember one of the children's ministers we talked to said that their church, uh, really did a good job about saying, you know, we want children and adults to worship together, and they had all these great ideas for doing this so that they were community and equals and learning from one another. And then this person started naming out all the places in their church that you could see on a Sunday morning that told them, told parents where they could take their kids as anywhere but here mm -hmm. in the auditorium as community together. And um, he's like, so we were saying one thing and actively communicating to parents exactly opposite. So try to have those eyes for a bit and say, are we really doing this with kids? Or is our withness with kids, I'm going to throw some money to have a really nice building or a really nice corner or get some, get a volunteer or pay a minister and throw some money that way. And that's what my withness with kids looks like. It looks like financial contribution because that's not what we're aiming at. Yeah. And we struggle sometimes to imagine that proximity equals relationship. You know, let's, let's place kids within the proximity of other adults. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's relationship building. Um, I've had the pleasure over the last few days of speaking to a number of ministers and the resonating thread that has continued to come out of those conversations. And here's a, a little bit, I'm going to say, Shannon, I'm setting you up because I know, I know your feelings on this topic as well. Uh, and they're all positive, but 
one of the threads I was hearing repeatedly was intergenerationality relationship. The church has got to be better about relationship and um, relationships amongst peers, but also relationships across generations. And sometimes churches fall into the habit of imagining that um, simply being in the proximity of each other is the same thing as forming um, impactful relationships. And so as churches, how do we do that? What's a great way to do that? And, and Shannon was touching on it a bit with this idea of, you know, we want you here, we want you here, we want you here, but here is actually anywhere but exactly here. You can, t- you know, if your child's loud, take them here. If your child's this, take them there. Well, I told this story um, uh, recently to someone. I had one of my children really struggling with the idea of God. And, 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 and she's young enough that I recognize where it's coming from, but just really kind of struggling with it. And then our church, totally apart and aside from even knowing this, asked her to be involved in something they were doing for the sheer um, value of her as a person, her as a member of the kingdom of God, her voice. And that changed everything. And so what I was hearing from some of the ministers I had been visiting with over the last few days is, how do we do that better? How do we make our church a place where we are intentionally creating space for young and old to come together, to worship together, to grow together, to laugh together, to mourn together, to find their place within the expansive kingdom of God? Yeah, I kind of just want to say well said and just leave it. Even though you're like, I'm setting you up, but, but you, you said that so well. I, I think the image that's coming to mind as you're talking, just to maybe help those that's not involved in children's ministry, you have another image, and you gave a beautiful one, and I also remember seeing that video of your daughter doing that. Um, but, you know, just look around on a Sunday morning. What are the kids doing? I... I I've worked at in worship at churches that say we're very kid friendly and we very much want our kids in worship and we want to involve them. Okay. Well now look around if you're a you know, preaching minister or if you're a deacon that's leading some of these things. Um, Cause us as children's ministers can call attention to this all day long, but we don't get to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So look around on a Sunday, Sunday morning. Where are they on your worship order? Where are those children's voices? What are they doing? What are you telling your parents that kids need to be doing while they're in the auditorium? Is it enough to say we want intergenerational worship and to stop there just because we have kids and adults in the same space? Because that's often that's what happens is we say we want intergenerational things, but we stop way short of intentionality. And that's what you're pointing yes. towards. Uh, we put them all in the same space. And we're like, Woo-hoo, look at us. We did some something intergenerational. And what we really did was bring kids into a space and said, sit over here and act like a grown up. Well, they're not a grown-up yet. And if God wanted us all skip the kid stage and just be grown-ups, God would have created us to do that. Um, even God goes through that process of growing up um, as Jesus, as, as God is here, fully human in our midst, um, didn't choose to skip that step, chose mm-hmm. to live into that step. So what does it look like, really, to bring those kids into a Sunday morning? Where are they? What are they doing? And if it's they're sitting in a corner doing a children's worship bulletin and we're trying our best not to disturb the people around us, you're not truly intergenerational. You've allowed kids into an adult space. This is really hard for the church because this requires um, a majority of the people in these spaces to have to change the way they do things. 
Um, and that's hard. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard for leaders. I know it's hard for those that don't have the little ones. They're like, now I'm having to do something a little different or it's not going to be perfect. Or I have noise around me and I can't hear because of the noise or the kick in the back of my seat. Um, it's a mindset shift. And it has to be led by more than just the children's minister. Mm-hmm. And I think I do mean just at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and often, really, in a lot, a lot of our churches, children's ministers are women. And a lot of the churches, a lot of people that may listen to this podcast, the women aren't going to have very much of a voice in that public space. Um, I hope that's different in, in some of these churches. But if, if they don't, that means every single male that does have a voice in that space has to be able to talk about, this is why we have children in this space. This is why we worship intergenerationally. This is how that child just led me to the throne this morning and what they said and did. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really great point that you brought up. And um, so feeding into that a little bit, how if I'm a children's minister, I'm a female children's minister in a church that maybe I don't have as much voice, how would you recommend to someone in that situation to start little steps to start changing the culture of a church that is totally focused on education of children and not on spiritual formation. What are some quick ways, easy, not really, there is probably no easy <laughs> way, but maybe some, some things that they could do to start their church along that journey. I think one of, it's not necessarily quick, but I think long-term it will, it would be very effective is to help start equipping church leadership to really get a better understanding of what um, what the uh, spiritual agency of children looks like, what spiritual formation of children looks like, what intergenerationality, intentional intergenerationality. You know, it's the difference between being a multi-generational church and an intergenerational one, that, that component of intentionality. So begin by... Um, equipping church leadership, whether that is, um, whether your church is more minister led. And so maybe that is the preaching minister or the youth minister, whatever voices carry weight within your church, help them to start understanding, um, a more complete picture of what that could look like because you are going to need that champion, that advocate, those additional voices helping to say, we understand the importance of this. If we're talking about being a church that is here 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, both literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. if we're talking about that, then that means a lifelong embedded faith. How do we get there? And so when you have multiple voices going, no, we are, we are um, intent on this being a key identity marker in who we are, then that helps start changing that culture. What would what would you add to that? Yeah, no, that was really good. I I think the multiple voices is super important. Even if even if we were at a church where we could get up and do whatever we wanted on a Sunday morning and talk to talk to the church members about what it looks like to include kids or just maybe a better way to say it is just do that. Like mm-hmm. this is our church culture and this is just how we do things. Even if I could do that every single Sunday morning, that's not nearly as effective as if we were all doing that, right? Every single person that comes up to the microphone on a Sunday morning somehow recognizes that there's young and old in this room. And I often tell my students, I'm like, as passionate as I am about making sure we don't marginalize children, I'm just about as passionate about not marginalizing 
the people on the other end of their life stage. Yes. Because we have done that. Yes. Because what we've really tried to do is make the people in the middle happy. True. You know? And so, it really, we have to look at it not just are these young people's voices, these 18 and under voices, where are our 70 and 89-year-old voices? Have we given them a way to help us shape our faith, to lead us, to speak into it. When we're thinking about everyone and being inclusive of everyone, it becomes so much easier to be truly intergenerational, right? Mm-hmm. To really be able to, to create this community that all are valued. Um, and in researching, so my other research when I'm not doing children's ministry stuff is women in the church. Um, and specifically with one particular church that's changed their policies on what women can do and then learning from their experiences about how does this, how do women feel whenever this change, how do the elders feel, those kinds of things, qualitative study stuff. Um, one of the things that kind of keeps bubbling up to the surface as I have those conversations is that the more that the women's voices um, were elevated, so were the younger people's voices elevated. People in the pew started thinking about who else isn't here. Mm-hmm. You know, who's a, what other voice isn't getting up front that often who else are we missing? Um, and so I think sometimes just looking at that one marginalized group and say, what am I going to do for this group helps us look at the church as a whole mm-hmm. and be able to elevate other voices. And the beauty that exists in that multiplicity of voices. I mean, that's truly uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's truly revelation lived out in our churches. And that's what we want. Mm-hmm. We want that multiplicity of voices on earth as it is in heaven. Well, thank you, ladies. This has been um, encouraging to me, and I hopefully, um, as people are listening, and hopefully some some church leaders listen to this podcast and think, oh, are we really doing our job to have a lifelong faith in our church and our children? Thank you so much for y'all's time and your wisdom, and thank you so much for um, being trailblazers in a field uh, that um, has not always been easy as a female and not always easy working with the other populations. We appreciate y'all's heart and training the next generation of children's ministers that are going to go out and work with um, for generations to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cybert Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cybertinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.